If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone. It is caught. Jelani Woods. Touchdown. He's going to fire upfield. It's broken up. Tipped and up. intercepted by the Colts. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it. Interception. Two seconds left. And the Colts are going to win. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the official Colts podcast presented by WinBet. I'm JJ Stankovitz in the hot seat for Jeffrey Gorman today as it's the, the cold seat. It actually, yeah. that's the cold yeah. seat. It's a little Why does it feel like October? <laughs> so Lara Overton and Casey Vallier are here. Lara is notable on this podcast for hating fall as a season. So I saw Lara today and I said, here I am is. going to make Lara mad. And I go, hey, Lara, feels like fall today. And she just goes, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It should not be this cold in oh, August. It should like, not. It's just, especially too, it's like windy and overcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just. Yeah, I mean, everyone tuned into this podcast to, to hear yeah. about the weather today because yeah, right. nothing else happened yeah, at exactly. training camp. That was the most notable aspect of the whole Easily thing. the most notable aspect of the day is that it feels like fall. All right. The most notable aspect of the day. Shane Steichen, after practice, names Anthony Richardson, the Colts starting quarterback for the 2023 season. Casey, you and I were talking off, off air before we started this about, hey, you know, this is kind of a little surprising that yeah. it happened today. But then you brought up a really good point that this sets Anthony Richardson up to take the first team reps in the two joint practices against the Bears on Wednesday and Thursday. Then if he plays in the game on Saturday against the Bears at Lucas right. Oil Stadium, then the joint practice in Philly next Tuesday and then the game in Philly next Thursday. You don't have to analyze now, okay, Gardner Minshew's taking all the second-team reps. Anthony's taking all the first-team reps. So you don't rotate them. This gives Anthony Richardson quite a bit of runway to develop now ahead of the regular season. 100%. I mean, that's exactly the re- – and I, I'm doing it from kind of a PR standpoint, if you will, on – that is what we're going to hear. If this announcement wasn't made today and Anthony goes out in the joint practices and takes all the snaps with the ones, all of a sudden the questions are, well, that's interesting that they didn't split it. And then, you know, they would ask the question to Shane after the practice. And, you know, you'd have to go back and forth and see what he would say. And then Thursday goes the same way. It would just you, you eliminate all of that. And then also, as we've talked about from Jim Irsay all the way down to a guy like me, how important it is to get him as many reps as possible. This is the best way to do it. I mean, we saw, you know, he, he took a lot of run in Buffalo, and all that run was with the first-team offensive line, the first-team guys. So it was important that he had a lot of run with them, and now he gets to just continue that. I mean, we saw him take every snap today with the ones, which I thought, okay, it makes sense. You know, you want to see after what happened in Buffalo. Now, clearly, from what Shane said, it made even more sense. But I think it's a great move, and it's one of those things that at some point you knew this was going to be the decision that they they went you don't take a guy fourth overall and and essentially just let him sit it just doesn't happen in the nfl especially nowadays so you knew it was going to happen at some point i'm glad they got out in front of it and especially gearing up for i mean we've talked about it things really start heating up starting tomorrow i mean tomorrow happens and all of a sudden you're going to be blinking it's going to be all like meaningful snaps from now until regular season starts lara for for you these joint practices that anthony's going to get now with the first-team offense and both of them. 
before we kind of zoom out as, you know, what this all means for the Colts and what it means for Anthony, what do you want to see out of him over Wednesday and Thursday against the Chicago Bears defense? Well, I think overall, just the announcement at this point in time, just to bounce off of what Casey said, like it just helps eliminate that question moving right. forward. You just don't right. have that hanging over everyone. Shane doesn't have to ask it all the time. You don't have to keep asking Anthony and Gardner about that situation. It's just all clear. So it really allows you to make the most of these next two days of joint practice and then whatever the plan is going into Saturday night against the Bears. And in talking to Anthony after he came out of the game in Buffalo, he said, you know, there were a lot of good things, but there's a lot that I need to improve. You know, he was very honest about things that he saw and things that, you know, maybe he was overall like pretty happy with, but then also plenty of things where he knew that coming out of that game, he needs to have more opportunities to hone in on, to develop, to get more precise, to eliminate some of the mistakes, all of those things. So this is what this opportunity sets him up exactly to do. And now that he's faced an opposing defense and now immediately within four days of doing that, you get to go up against another, a completely different type of defense and you're going to go head to head head with them for consecutive days. Okay, now we're going to see how quickly you are able to make those necessary adjustments. So I think for a quarterback that is so young, these are critical opportunities to just get him as much of that experience and as quick succession as possible in order to prepare him for the regular season. Because what was the big knock on Anthony coming out of Florida? The lack of experience in starting roles. Hey, now you're doing everything that you can to overcome that and make sure that he has all of the opportunities in terms of training camp and preseason opportunities to prepare him to go out there week one and be in the best position to lead this offense to success. And just overall, continuity within the offense. You've had to rotate so many different guys. I mean, the offensive line has really been pretty healthy aside from Braden Smith, which was relatively recent. You know, you've had obvious rotation at running back, obvious rotation at tight end, wide receiver, knock on wood, has really been pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, so now you're able to kind of balance out all of kind of that that you have had, the unpredictability of sorts in terms of rotating guys at various position groups. Now you're able to create some continuity. Yeah, I think that's really important now as you're starting to look ahead to week one, a game with Ant- in which Anthony Richardson will start, is you're going to have a couple weeks of practice now with that continuity, with Anthony being the starting quarterback, working with Michael Pittman, working with Alec Pierce on those back shoulder routes that they've been trying to hit. Uh, you know, working now with Isaiah McKenzie and Josh Downs. Can we and just Kyle get him a Branson. few more tight ends now? You know? yeah. like, Colts. Well, I mean, Will, a lot, a lot of tight Mowry, ends on the roster. Lot of, yeah. Will Mowry returned to practice today. We that was good. Waiting on Jelani, Drew, and Mo. Yep. But yes, definitely good to see the people starting to trickle back into practice. There was a handful, but I think yeah. Julian Blackman back Julian today. Blackman back Today. Kenny Moore back yeah. today. Yeah, it was, it was uh, that's good news that was for the secondary. Yeah. That, very good news for the secondary. <laughs> but uh, with Anthony, uh, a concern I've heard from fans has been: we don't want him to get killed back there. We don't want to see. You know, what, uh, understandably, Colts fans are scarred from Andrew Luck, right? Right, where he he got the the crap beat out of him for a couple of years, and it ultimately shortened his career. The thing with Anthony that gives me a lot of hope, and Ed Ed Dodds talked about this yesterday, he had a media call on Monday, is those subtle little movements he has in the pocket. It's not when Anthony gets out to scramble. It's the, the shift to the right, the step up, just feeling pressure. You saw it in the Bills game. The throw he had to Alec that he wasn't able to complete, he feels pressure off of the edge to his right. And just that little subtle step up in the pocket, he keeps his footwork really uh, good. Beautiful ball. Drops it right in the bucket. I mean, a gorgeous ball. Oh, man. Those are little things that 
Some quarterbacks. I held my breath because I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, you know, and then, you know, obviously couldn't control it when he hit the ground. But I was like, oh, dang, that just would have been like, it, it was just glorious, glorious But I think the, right the good news is that it's a preseason game. So Absolutely. you can say, what, what, a ball by, what a ball by Anthony Richardson. Like, totally. Yep. I just seen- think it would have eliminated all the haters that are out there like, oh, but the interception. Uh-huh. You know what right. I mean? Like, no one would care about it right. if, that, if that. And the other play I go back to is uh, his, scramble, his scramble, which he took yeah. it inside the five, I think, that yep. was called back due to penalty, um, a holding penalty. And so I'm like, man, you know, kind of those two plays right there would have changed everyone's overall perception right you know and for those who are trying to kind of poke holes but but so here's why to kind of go back on anthony i'm not worried about him getting like the stuff beat out of him because a the offensive line i think has looked pretty good i thought bernard ryman had a really fantastic game against buffalo you're seeing good things from quentin nelson ryan kelly in that interior uh you know you get Braden smith back at some point obviously that's going to help out there but even if there is a little bit of pressure, I don't think Anthony's going to have himself in position to take a big hit in the pocket. Um, and that lends itself to, okay, you can go out and play this guy early because you don't want your quarterback to get hit a bunch. You don't want him to get sacked. Anthony's not a guy who got sacked a lot at Florida, and it's not like he was playing behind an offensive line that had a bunch of first-round picks on it. You know, there's Osiris oh, Torrance is a good player, but, you know, that's, they, they didn't have a ton of those guys there. That, to me, lends itself to, okay, you feel comfortable with Anthony from that perspective. From another perspective, the mentality that he has. Lara, I know you've talked with guys about it. Just that, like, even keel, he, he, has, he throws the interception in Buffalo, and it's just, so what, next play. Mm-hmm. That ability to move on, not let things snowball, but also not get so hype about something that you then make a mistake. And then the very next drive leads him into the red zone. Like, right. I mean, you know, which should have resulted in points through no fault of his, right? right. Like, I mean, like that, that whole, the succeeding uh, drive, I thought was really encouraging the way he was able to come back and get everybody on the same page. And those two things, I think when you take them, and then you look at his natural talent, which like anyone who's been out to training camp, yeah. my goodness. Goodness. Yes. He threw he threw a ball today to <laughs> Alec Pierce. Thirty yard pass today. He literally flicked his wrist. Beautiful. It's perfect. I mean, like <laughs> unreal. You know, you talk to guys in the team. Like Josh Downs said, like you know, he flicks his wrist and it goes sixty yards. Yeah. And that's not an overstatement. <laughs> um, all those things together, I think, really lend themselves to you. You understand why the Colts are going in this direction right now, where he shouldn't get himself killed back there. He has the right attitude. He has the talent. So why not play him? Right. Why, what, what's the reason why you wouldn't play him at this point? And that's I've, I've told you this. Lara, JJ, Matt, it doesn't matter who's been on this show. I've been bullish on the offensive line for a long time. And that's where part of my, in some ways, my idea on this was that he was going to play early. And it was due to just, you know, whether it be just you have that continuity with Ryan, Quentin, and Braden. And I think Bernard has continued to show that he took all the proper steps during the offseason to get his body right and in the right shape to be a productive left tackle. We saw it in Buffalo. So I think all of those factors led to this decision being made. And I think part of it was you knew with Gardner Minshew, he has seen disguised blitzes and he's seen differences. So if the offensive line was... I don't know, maybe not completely up to speed or if maybe there were some injuries that had happened and the continuity wasn't all there throughout to this point, maybe that would have been the decision. I'm not saying that that is the reason that Anthony Richardson got the start is because the offensive line has been healthy, but I think that that is part of what Gardner Minshew did offer is that he has been there, he's been in the trenches, he knows kind of what to expect, and Anthony is still learning that. I mean, 
his game in Buffalo, just think about this. This is just the 14th start he's had since high school. Yep. So that that is one thing you got to – I mean, this is all very, very new and fluid. So – I love this decision. I think it is it is a decision we knew was going to happen. I'm all for happening it early and often, and it really exciting now these next couple of days against the Bears and these joint practices. Just zooming out even further on this, the Colts used the fourth overall pick on Anthony Richardson, and you don't use the fourth overall pick on a quarterback to not play him. No, right? you don't. You just but don't. You don't hand him the job. You have to. You say you got to go out there and earn it. Let's see when you put the pads on. You go through a game. How do you respond to some of those situations? And so far, Anthony has responded really well. the The reasons why quarterbacks usually sit as rookies, highly picked quarterbacks. Number one, it's a head coach who's kind of trying to save his own butt, right? Shane Steichen just got hired. That is not a consideration of what he's trying to do. He's trying to win games and develop Anthony Richardson. Number two is. A lot of times you get these quarterbacks who come in from college where they, they've played so much they have bad habits. Mm-hmm. I think about Jared Goff coming in in 2016 with the Rams, number one overall pick. He had a head coach in Jeff Fisher who was on the hot seat, and he, had, he was a four-year starter at Cal. So you had to kind of grind through some of those bad habits that you might develop in college with him with the second-team offense running the scout team. Anthony Richardson doesn't have any of that. Right. He doesn't have a head coach who's trying to save his job, and he doesn't have – a ton of bad habits because he doesn't have a lot of habits in general. The Colts are trying to build them in him. Having what you mentioned there, Casey, he's only started 14 games since high school. So to me, that also lent, always lent itself to he, he was going to compete to be the starter, but it was almost like this was – I almost sort of felt like this was his job to lose coming into training camp. Like he would have to show, man, he is not ready at all. And he came in and he showed he's ready. He's got the talent. He can go in there and play. And one of the things that I want to tip my cap to Gardner Minshew because he has been a true professional and he has been a guy who there's a reason that we had all these question marks on when is this Anthony thing going to happen because of what Gardner Minshew brings. He is the true pro. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who can go out there and he can win you some football games. I mean, look at what he did after getting sacked back-to-back times in Buffalo. And then the way that he recovered, (laughs) you end up with a touchdown. I I, I think that's a really good testament to not only who he is, but how he can elevate everyone else around him. Yes. No, I completely... And that that is one thing that I I do want to... You know, we're talking about Anthony and that's the big story here, but I also do want to really it's great having a guy like Gardner Minshew to kind of help mentor Anthony into this spot but he's also as you mentioned you know he had to go out and earn it because Gardner wasn't going to let him just go out here and say here here's your job and that that is one thing that you do have to really appreciate what Gardner Minshew has done Anthony Richardson is only going to benefit by how good of a player that Gardner Minshew is because they're going to continue to compete absolutely just because Anthony Richardson is the week one starter those guys are still going to grind it out and battle and do all of those things because that's all Gardner Minshew knows is to continue to push him and to play at a very high level and there are elements of Gardner's game that for all of the incredible physical attributes that Anthony has, he can still mimic some things and take cues from what Gardner does well, as a quarterback. And think about this, too, that Gardner has been in this offense the last two years. Yes. So if there's any sort of adjustment that needs to be made or a yeah. little tip a totally. of, hey, I the ran this play. And Gardner, I mean, I was on that. Sorry to cut you off, JJ, but like on the sidelines where I was in Buffalo, I was really curious. As the offense came off after that opening drive, I immediately went behind the bench to kind of see what was happening right there with the conversations were. And it was Gardner right up yeah. to mm-hmm. Anthony, like and in a very productive, you know, uh, mentorship type of giving him feedback, critiquing him, all of those things. And um, the other thing was, is it, this was not just one sided. Like Anthony was asking 
asking questions. It was such a healthy, you know, conversation about how to respond. Um, also, I'm not sure if we're allowed to do this, but Chris Ballard and Uh-oh, I are both in this tent at training camp, and we have the same hat. I didn't think that the same hat was allowed to be in proximity to no, one another. You at have the, the same. same you have the same hat because you have been following the Colts general manager's That's lead on your hat selection. Well, would you not have? He I wore. Mean, he wore he that. No, 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 no. Great he wore, hat game. He the wore black the, one. the black one, the black yeah, IND one it. that he yeah. wore uh, at the start of no training shame. camp. You started wearing that. <laughs> yeah. Now he's got the script Indianapolis Colts hat. Now you're wearing that. So we usually don't have them on on the same day, though. Like usually we kind of alternate, not intentionally, but we just like don't have them on. So now it's like we have them both on the same day. So it's kind of awkward. It's like you know, brutal. Yeah, brutal. Tough, tough look for Lara Overton right now. I don't know. Tough look for Chris. I don't know. Ooh, okay. That's spicy. Real, real quick to go. Let's call him over and see if he would like to. Exactly. Exactly. Just real quick on Gardner, though. Just the when you talk to coaches, they love having a player in the room who has real life experience running the place. It's one thing for Shane Steichen and Cam Turner and Jim Bob Cooter to coach Anthony Richardson through a play. It's another thing to have Gardner Minshew who can be like, I ran that against the Cowboys last year. Here's the coverage they ran. Here's how I attacked it. Here's the other thing about the experience, not even just within the system. Gardner Minshew was thrust into a tough position as a rookie. So he can also help Mm -hmm. Anthony endure some of just the early struggles that come with playing that position as a first-year player in the NFL. I think that's another factor, too. That's a really good... I totally... I mean, not that I forgot about that, but I didn't even think about that until right now. That is such a good point because you go back to when it was in Jacksonville, they had signed Nick Foles to a pretty substantial deal, and he was just a sixth-round pick. Foles gets hurt. And all of a sudden, Minshew mania, that, that was a real thing. I mean, there, were, there, there was a reason behind that. And he proved that he's going to be in this league. I mean, I and think we all agree. it's not just the he's folklore. The like, everyone time. thinks about Minshew mania because of, like, the, 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 Fu, Manchu the Fu Manchu and, like, the kind RV of. The, and, yeah, and the right. antics and all that. But that's not just what Minshew no. mania is. It is truly because of how great of right. a player and how just a consummate, how much of a consummate teammate yes. that he yeah. is, you too. Think, that's what everyone started to learn is, like, this guy is legit. Yeah. You, think, you think about backup quarterbacks who last for a while in the NFL. They know the offense. They know how to operate it. And they're usually a good hang. Good, yeah, right. Like Gardner Minshew. <laughs> good hang. Good hang. Great Gardner hang. Minshew. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to hang out with that dude in your quarterback room. Um, that that aspect of this, I think, is so important because you saw what Gardner was for Jalen Hurts the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He could be that resource of, I've been through it. Let me help you through this. Yeah. Um, and then you think about what Shane Steichen was for Jalen Hurts. And you can't help but get excited about what he could des- devise for Anthony Richardson. Look, you're not going to see it in these preseason games. Whether Anthony plays or not, you're not going to see the, the go-to bread and butter plays that Shane Steichen's going to design up for Anthony Richardson in these games. Joint practices, though, this is where now I think you can yep. really start to think about Okay, we're now facing a Matt Eberflus defense, which plays a specific style of cover two, cover four, whatever it is. Um, how are we going to attack it? How are we going to go ahead and attack it? You can now attack it on Wednesday. How did, how did we do? What were your checks? What did you see? Okay, now we can go back out there on Thursday. See similar coverages, similar situations. It's third and eight. Yeah, you're not getting hit. But what, Matt, what the Bears are going to show you on third and eight on Wednesday is not what they're going to show you on third and eight on Saturday. Right. They're going to disguise some stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they might send a blitz. Uh, Flus always really good at the you know dropping the defensive tackle and sending the the slot corner or the safety. I think about Tyquan Lewis's interception in 2021. Like right. all the time, not just for how brutal an end of the play yeah. was, but for how perfect that was designed. Um, you, you, 
Richardson's going to see some stuff he's never seen before in these practices. And that that goes back to what we continue to say about how important the timing of this is because – those are those are meaningful things that you just you cannot replicate. As you talk about what we saw in Buffalo, very vanilla. What we're going to see on Saturday, very vanilla. I would assume it's going to be the same way when that preseason finale rolls around in Philly. So that's why, and and, and that's what I love about the, kind of this new age of the NFL with these joint practices because it is so beneficial. Because what is I mean. I think you would agree with this. I know me being, especially being like a fantasy football guy, you watch it because you're watching. And it's always like the first couple weeks are always just kind of slow going because Mm -hmm. really it's the first time you've seen any of this. So the more and more of these, you're starting to see things ramp up a little bit sooner in the regular. And I love this this joint practice era that we're almost in now, which it's almost, uh, okay, how many are you going to have? Because you know what's going to happen. So I think... Perfect timing, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what Matt – it's cool to see Matt back. I mean, we oh. all loved Eberflus when he was oh, here. Yeah. Very excited for him up in Chicago. Hope nothing but the best, and I'm really looking forward to seeing I mean, who's not excited in that. Chicago after what Justin Fields did in the preseason? <laughs> yeah, three for three for 129 touchdown. Yeah, that'll okay. work. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – the, the DJ Moore looks like a pretty good player. He sure <laughs> does. That, that trade's going to work out all right. Yeah, I think it's going to work gonna out for both teams. Fine. Okay. You know, you know yeah, how like okay. you get like that one trade every couple of years that just works out for both teams, yep. like the, the Vikings trading Stephon Diggs and drafting Justin Jefferson. Yes. The Bears trading for DJ Moore, Can but we also the just Panthers go getting Bryce really Young. Quickly, yeah, like good. all of the familiar faces, like we talked about Flus, okay, right? You're going to see him for joint practices in the second preseason game. Then you go to Philadelphia, and it's Nick Sirianni. Yep. And then in the regular season, you go to Carolina yep. to see Frank Reich and the number one overall pick, Bryce Young. So like just yeah. so much parody yeah. right now, right in this upcoming speak, season. Okay, so this is also this is a tangent, but speaking of familiar faces, so I was going through the Bears roster for the preseason opener, so I can get pronunciations down for the mm-hmm. PA stuff. There are very few players on the Chicago Bears who I covered the and last that was year. Just four years ago, two thousand twenty right? was the last year I covered Isn't the okay, Bears. Four seasons. Oh, there are yeah. like four or five players on the Bears who I covered. Like that's it. Bizarre. Isn't it's it? it's the. I mean, and granted, yeah, you have a new head coach, a new general manager there, yeah. but um, the turnover in this league is just undefeated. For more on the Colts' decision to start Anthony Richardson for the 2023 season and a look at this team, Matt Taylor sat down with the great Solomon Wilcox of Sirius XM Radio. Take a listen to their chat right here. We're back here at Colts training camp, spending time now on the national scene with Solomon Wilcox from Sirius XM, former NFL safety. Cincinnati is your home base, but welcome to Indianapolis, or I guess West field a little bit north of the city here, Solomon. And when you come to town, breaking news happens, man. What, what did you think of the announcement today as, as we sit here and talk right now that Anthony Richardson's going to be the starter for the Colts going into the regular season? Well, Matt, first of all, thank you for having me on yep. the show. But you're right. It seems like as soon as we land, something's happening. It <laughs> seems like something's always cooking around here. You guys are top of mind no uh, doubt. nationally with the news breaking. And there's no doubt, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson being named the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And I know a lot of people think about it. Hey, sixth different quarterback to start opening day for the Colts in six seasons. But this is a good thing. I mean, this is I think it's going to be fantastic. Now, there's going to be some growing pains. You and I both know there's going to be some ups and downs. But Shane Steichen seems to have a plan. And this is part of the developmental plan for a quarterback that's under development, just like a lot of the young quarterbacks when they come in as a rookie. And it just remains to be seen how quickly he can hit the ground running. But
But I think there's going to be some exciting moments for Anthony Richardson during the 2023 season. Now you go back, you watch that Buffalo game in the preseason. Yeah. Played the first quarter, three series, seven for 12. We know about the interception. Mm-hmm. When you watched him back on tape, what stood out to you in terms of the, the ups and also the downs that you just spoke it's of? It's the poise. It's, it's look, they're all going to have ups and downs, even the veterans, right? Mm-hmm. But these young quarterbacks, what you want to show is that the game's not too big for them, that when a, um, a negative moment or a bad moment occurs, they can quickly brush it off and come back and make a play. And no one wants to talk about the 30-yard pass down the field that was dropped, right? That if, if that ball had been caught, then you would probably be thinking, oh, what a very even performance. There were some good moments, some bad moments, but his execution was still there. Yeah. And you love the fact that he's able to shake off whatever negativity that may occur early because that shows some that mental maturity. It shows a great deal of poise mm-hmm. and that the game's not too big. Can you put on your former player hat or your former player cleats, like step inside yeah. Anthony Richardson's shoes if you can. Can you speak to the mental weight that's been lifted off his shoulders going into the season now, knowing that, that he's the guy and he can kind of concentrate and not, you know, look over his back shoulder, so to speak, during practice anymore. See, see, in talking with him, and I would think that way too, but in talking with him, for him, it just went up a notch. Not that it bothers him. He says, well, I don't, he said, for me, it's knowing that I'm the guy now, I have to wear the mantle. He said, I have to be the guy that they that they believe I am by awarding me or giving me. And that's everything off the field, right? Yes, everything. And so he sees it as stepping into into another position that comes with even more responsibility than just battling Mm -hmm. to become the starting quarterback. That once you're named the starting quarterback, with that, you inherit even more responsibility. And so... Look, I, I applaud him, and uh, he is very gracious uh, with the fact that he's earned the confidence of the organization. Now he wants to make sure that he does everything he can to keep it, and I, I think that's the right mindset mm-hmm. to have. That's Solomon Wilcox with us from SiriusXM. He's here at Colts Training Camp up in Westfield, brought to you by Course and Fire and Security with Richardson, or any young quarterback. Mm-hmm. What are the things in your estimation, transition-wise, that he's going to have to deal with? What, what is the steepest learning curve do you think for Anthony Richardson? It's just um, teams are going to come after. Yeah. So you're going to get preseason defenses, and then you're going to get regular season defenses. Preseason defenses don't blitz. Yeah. And if they do, it'll be some vanilla blitz. But once you get into the real season, it's the floodgates open. Yeah. And they're going to see if the offensive line can handle it and if the quarterback can handle it. And that's because they want to get him, what, rattled. Right. They want to get a young quarterback rattled. Because once he feels confident in what he's seeing and what he's doing, that's when his game is going to take off. And I think that's, the, to me, the biggest hurdle. Because this game is about confidence. It's about having early moments in your career that tells you, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And if you can have those moments, and the more of them you can have early in the season, that expedites your growth. It exp- expedites your development. Solomon Wilcox right there. You were at Colts practice today. Outside of Jonathan Taylor, who do you like within this offense to be a game changer for the Colts next season? To me, um, I like Jelani Woods. I, I really do as a tight end. Mm-hmm. I, now, Alec Pierce has got to be that guy, too. And I know he had the drop, but he's a really good football player. We like him. and uh, But I like Jelani Woods as well as a tight end because those are the guys, particularly in an RP 
RPO system, mm-hmm. your tight end controlling the middle of the field and especially down inside the red zone has to become big. And I think he can continue to grow. I think he can continue to get better. Solomon, let's go to the other side of the football for the Colts. On defense, you got DeForest Buckner back. You got Grover Stewart back. Julian Blackman in the back end. Kenny Moore playing the slot corner. Mm-hmm. Zaire Franklin. You've got Shaq Leonard's return. Everything in his situation continues to point up and up and up. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason why the Colts defense can't be top 10 this year? No, I think the names that you just rattled off tells you that they have playmakers. It's about really staying healthy and obviously with Shaq Leonard in the middle of it, he is, I think, the fulcrum that gives the defense balance. Right. He gives them that playmaking ability. He's a game wrecker. And when he starts wrecking shop, all the other guys kind of join in and I think it goes up a notch. And But without him, we've seen that defense kind of lack, um, I think, the bravado that they typically would play with. Right. And now another year also in Gus Bradley's defense, I think, will go a long way into helping this team just have the confidence that when they take the field, they can defend against any offense in the NFL because they certainly have the personnel. How how noticeable, when you watch the Colts on film last year, how noticeable was Leonard's absence within that defense? Oh my goodness, it it was very noticeable. Just in the box, particularly getting the ball out, the the turnovers... Mm -hmm we're down significantly um, in 2022 than it was in 2021. So that was noticeable. And of course, his you know lack of presence on the field I think played a role in it. Um, so to be able to have him for all 17 weeks, again, it comes with a whole nother energy level. Mm-hmm. I do think having had Stefan Gilmore one year ago, that was great, right? On the back end. And so they'll have to be able to, I think, to balance who and what they're going to do on the edges Um, in the back end of that secondary. I do think that remains to be a challenge. But when you're pressuring the quarterback and you're um, hit hurrying and harassing the quarterback, um, it really helps the corners play to improve. No doubt about that. That's Solomon Wilcox with us. Let's step out. Let's go big picture. Within this division, you've got the AFC South. The Jaguars are on the come. I think roster-wise, you know, they're hard to beat right now. Mm -hmm. Where do the Colts stack up in the AFC South going into the season? Yeah, I I think you and I both know the quarterback – situation Mm -hmm. has always been this question mark for this team because Chris Ballard has done such a wonderful job with building an offensive line and getting the defensive pieces uh, that you just mentioned. Um, And to me, I think there's no doubt you when you have a young quarterback and Anthony Richardson, he's going to have that good year. You've got to have Jonathan Taylor in that backfield next to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're they're like this to, to make it work. You, who do you, if I'm playing defense against the Colts and they're running read option with Anthony Richardson and he's optioning some of the best defensive players and you've got to decide right. do you take the quarterback and allow him to pitch it to Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. or do you take Jonathan Taylor and allow this talented quarterback right. they're probably equal runners once they get to the next level no doubt. breaking your back in terms of speed yes. athleticism agility and, and isn't that what Colts fans want to see yeah. I mean so missed tackle ability you've got to have those two guys on the field at the same and so if you tell me I have that um, as part of the equation I would tell you that this division is as much theirs Mm -hmm. as it is anyone else's in the AFC South. Again, nationally, that's where you shine. You've got C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Will Levis. Who knows what happens down in Tennessee? Mm -hmm. Which quarterback do you think has the biggest 
early return in their career, whether that's a rookie season or let's just say first couple of years in the NFL? I, I would say, oh, man, that's really tough. I, I'd have to say is Anthony Richardson. Okay. I really do. I mean, um, just because I think C.J. Stroud, he's a pure pocket passer. Mm-hmm. So the early stuff is just going to be a little more difficult. And it's a team right. that hadn't had a lot of success. It's a roster that's still under under construction. This is a better roster. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a, it just clearly is a much better roster um, than the others. Now, Jacksonville, they built that roster because they had a lot of draft picks. When you have the first overall pick two years in a row, <laughs> you're going to get better. You're going to get better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the early phase of it from those three teams that you mentioned, the AFC South, um, I just think that Anthony Richardson brings with it that duo threat. I was talking to Julian Blackman about this earlier. RPO, run-pass option, is a defense's nightmare because that kind of quarterback is going to make you pay. Yeah. When you One can way force or another. the defense to have to read it out, are they running it? Are they throwing it? Yeah. And then the, the quarterback gets to make you wrong yeah. defensively. If you're, if you're banking on one thing and play to the run, then he's going to drop back and pass it because he got tight end running down middle of the field. Right. If you drop back and pass, he can read that out, and now he's going to run it and press the line. That's why they call it run-pass option. He's reading it, and he's going to make the defense wrong every single time. Right. You play one thing, he's going to do another. And with his skill set – yeah. I mean, think about trying to tackle that guy in that space. <laughs> we already saw it in Buffalo. Oh he turned a five-yard loss into a five-yard gain exactly just because of right. him. And so he's dynamic. Yeah. And so I think for the for the immediate future, he offers the biggest upside. But I even think long-term, yeah. um, providing all the other pieces come together as well. All right, two more things for you. You've been so gracious with your time. That's Solomon Wilcott's with us. As we said, home base for you is Cincinnati. So yeah. you've seen a lot of Bengals training camp. Joe Burrow is – he's not back, but he's back, mm-hmm. right? He's He's working off to the side. What would be the reasons, if there are any, why the Bengals would not be, at the end of the year, one of the best teams in the AFC? The only thing that can derail that is injuries. Mm -hmm. This league is about staying healthy. You tell me what teams are going to be healthy at the end of the season, I can tell you the teams are going to be playing, or at least the final four, right, right, in both championship games. Health plays a role. And your ability to compete deep and late into the season. So, providing they stay healthy, all the other things are about the continuity. Zach Taylor's fifth year, but he has both of his coordinators right. for five straight years in Luana Romo and Brian Callahan. You have Joe Burrow for a fourth straight season. And, and during that time, um, Tyler Boyd has been there for four years. Joe Mixon's been there for the four years he's been there. Right. T. Higgins has been there for the four years he's been there. Now, his favorite target, Jamar Chase, has been there three years in a row now. So think about the continuity of your top three receivers and your running back and the quarterback being there every single year within the same offense. No new yeah, It's unheard of. And it's unheard of in our league today. Yeah, yeah. And then you have an offensive line where they spent more money than any team <laughs> over the last three years, right? Rebuilding an offensive line that returns um, four of their five starters and the other guy you poached yeah. from the roster of the Kansas City Chiefs in four-time Pro Bowl left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. So this may be the most protection that Joe Burrow has had and a better run game. Yeah. They they finished 
uh, ranked seventh in scoring each of the last two years, and they've gone to two straight AFC title games, and they've won back-to-back AFC North uh, division titles. And the offense, by way of continuity and the addition of Orlando Brown Jr., makes them better. Yep. Some big news today with Anthony Richardson. We talked about the young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You're on this training camp tour across Mm -hmm. the country here a little bit. I know you're going to be going back to Cincinnati here soon. What else are you tracking training camp-wise going into the regular season from a national sense? Oh, well, at a national level, to me, I think it's about uh, the NFC because there is no clear-cut um, yeah, the Eagles are going to be good. Yeah. They're going to be good again. But can Dallas um, battle them? And I think I don't sleep on Eric Bieniemy because if he gets Sam Howell just to play at a medium level, this yeah. defense for the Washington Commanders is phenomenal. They were the only team other than the Chiefs in the Super Bowl to beat the Eagles straight up when Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback for the Eagles. They beat. They went in there and they beat them. So I'm, I'm paying attention to the NFC teams. Because I know the 49ers are going to be there, but you can't even tell me who the starting quarterback for the Niners is. Not, not right now. But yet we still give them the benefit of the right. doubt, don't we? Because they made it good. work. And they're that good of a team. Sure. So um, that's, the, that's what I'm tracking. I want to see who's going to be that team in the NFC. Because I think it, it's going to be come down about three or four teams where the AFC is yeah. loaded. No doubt. I think there's at least seven teams <laughs> that can represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, think about all the teams in the AFC that aren't going to make the playoffs. That exactly. aren't going to make the, the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure talking football with Solomon Wilcott. Always love when you stop by here at Colts Training Camp. Thanks so much for the time and continued success. Thank you, Matt. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks to Mate and Solomon Wilcott for joining us here on the official Colts podcast. So a couple other things that we want to talk about that do not have anything to do with today's news with Anthony Richardson. Let's talk about Shaq Leonard. Larry, you're down there in Buffalo. You talked mm-hmm. to him after the game. He played. I talked to him in the game. In the after game the and game, after the game. Before the game. Yep. Like there was, he couldn't get away from me. I talked to him on the field pregame. <laughs> then I talked to him in the third quarter. Then I talked to him after the game. I'm sure he's like, and then I saw him on the field today. I'm sure he's like, I'm not. <laughs> right? I'm sick of you. Here, come, here comes that woman wearing the hat Chris Ballard's wearing. Um, so, Larry, you, you know Shaq. And this isn't just from, oh, I talked to him a bunch. You, you've known Shaq really well for a while now. Yeah. What, is it, what did it mean to him to get back on the field Saturday in Buffalo to play? It, who cares that nothing came his way? What did it mean to him to be back on a field again playing it was, football? It was major in terms of just that step of going into game action again, being able to trust yourself again, seeing how your body responds in that type of situation. When I talked to him ahead of the game, talk? When I talked to him, I don't know what We're happened We're not there. in Philly yet. <laughs> <laughs> you can get rid of that Boston, that, 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 that East Coast accent for now. John? You know? <laughs> um, when I talked to him ahead of the game in Buffalo, the things he said he was nervous about were making contact and feeling the speed of the game again. And then he did feel like that he caught up. He was catching that speed. He was catching up to that speed once again. And, uh, you know, for all of the physicality, like, of course, you're going to feel a little bit sore. And after that, I think the greatest, um, you know, kind of step in it all and what's most significant for him is mentally just proving that you can go back out there again you know proving that you can you know be in the position you need to be run with the guys you need to be now it's going to be about you know making the type of plays that he expects from himself when he has the opportunities to again like you said nothing really came his way there but I just felt like you looked at him like there was this like massive weight lifted from his shoulders just to eliminate so many of the doubts that had been circulating in his mind over the last 10 months with everything that he's endured. And what he said too, is that was 
such an indication of how we could approach this week with two joint practice opportunities. I mean, obviously the practice today was you know, lighter practice. You're only in helmets. It was like 60 minutes. So the two joint practices and then the preseason game. And he really looked at this week as this is the most significant in terms of proving that I'm ready to yeah. go week one. And so that opportunity in Buffalo was really significant to put everything in motion for how he's able to attack this week, as you hope, without any in, any limitations. Yeah, getting out there and, and testing himself now against the Bears in these joint practices. Um, you know, look, the, this Bears offense is going to be different than what he faced with Buffalo, where, okay, you might need to chase Justin Fields down now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you go out there and, and do that confidently and continue your progression? Um, to me, it's just it's so encouraging every step that he has made, knowing that the Colts are not going to push this. They are, Shaq is listening to his body. The trainers are listening to his body. And they're saying, whatever you're ready for, you can go out and do. But we're not going to make you do anything you're not ready for. And so far, Shaq has been ready for everything. And that has been, even if he only played five, six snaps, but that's how much the first team defense played. It wasn't like he was on a, you know, pitch count. He played every snap. The first team defense was out there. It's a couple three and outs. Right. It was funny because I tweeted out, like, after I had talked with Shane Steichen in Buffalo, you know, about what the plan would be for Shaq. I was like, he'll start, but he's going to be on pitch count. And then it ran through my head. I was like, well, all the starters are on pitch count. Exactly. (laughs) But still, I think, like, you get it in context to specifically his situation. But I was like, oh, it's not really that much different from, you know, It hit me when I went to go watch like Daryl Baker's film and I was like oh you had five snaps that's how much Shaq had like okay yeah. there you go there you have it exactly um, for for other guys here case this week we we touched on it a little bit with Julian Blackman Kenny Moore getting back out there uh, on defense Rodney Thomas as well now you're starting to get the defense whole again exactly. DeForest Buckner hasn't been out there um, but you're starting to get these pieces together Shaq talking about how this is a big week to get him ready for week one for the Colts defense what do you want to see out of them going against this Bears offense that's going to run a different style than you saw in Buffalo? It's going to run a different style than the Colts have been practicing just to kind of get prepped for that regular season. So I kind of look at it two ways. I, I, you, you bring up Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas, them getting back, and Kenny Moore, all three of them getting back on the field and just kind of getting back into the flow of training camp and all of that, making sure their bodies are kind of right where they need to be. But then the second part is it's such a young secondary. I mean, you've got guys like Darius Rush, Juju Brents, Jalen Jones, who their first NFL action came on Saturday. And then you got to remember Dallas Flowers, Daryl Baker Jr. This is just year two. So a lot of your core is very, very young. So getting all of those veteran pieces kind of back in the fold so that it, it kind of simulates what you'll see when week one rolls around, kind of knowing where certain guys are going to be, what it sounds like. You know, when Julian's making out a check, what that sounds like when, you know, when Kenny is saying this, get on all of that on the same page so you can hear it in. I know it probably won't be as relevant in a practice setting that it will be in a game, but it'll at least be able to get that idea and simulate what you're going to see when that game against the Jaguars comes up in week one. So let's talk about some one-on-one matchups we're looking forward to seeing. How about, Lara, how about Bernard Ryman versus Unique Ngakwe? Oh, huge. That's a huge matchup. And it'll be interesting because obviously Bernard went up against him last right. year. So, you know, what does he take away from some of that, you know, familiarity and experience that he has previously? And then also having such an encouraging first preseason yes. game for Bernard and the strides that he's able to take from that. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty, that's going to be pretty significant, especially when you're talking about how you're protecting the guy who's now been named mm-hmm. the starter for right. week one. 
Uh, some other ones, we talked about those Bears wide receivers, but they're going to be a test for these corners. Man. DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney's a really good player. Uh, Chase Claypool, Valus Jones, Equiminius St. Brown. They, they got some dudes on that Bears team now who are going to test the Colts cornerbacks. That, to me... Like, I, I love watching the one-on-one pass rushing drills in joint practices, but I'm like, man, I might need to go watch the one-on-one wide receiver cornerback drills, which is what, like, everyone likes to go watch. I'm the guy who's like, give me the one-on-one pass rush. <laughs> but I want to see some of these young corners against a guy like DJ Moore, who's such a savvy route runner. Yeah. He's got some burst to him. Yep. Uh, you know, Chase Claypool, kind of a more physical type of a guy. Valus Jones is really good speed. Darnell Mooney is really good speed. Um, this is going to be a really good test, I think, for those cornerbacks. You know, I'm glad you brought up what you're going to be watching because that's the thing I really like that we have two of these because I can kind of set aside one day where I'm going to focus on XXX and then the next day I'm going to focus on because there is a lot of areas that I want to look at, especially when you, st- I mean, you start talking about getting one of that those, those live bullets, if you will. This is kind of the first real test, so that's what I'm really anxious to see, but you talk about that Bears wide receiver group. I've been a DJ Moore fan for a long time. I think he's a very underrated receiver. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what essentially what Carolina had to give up to get the Chicago Bears pick shows maybe what the NFL thinks of DJ Moore. That was I mean, basically a first-round pick. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a very, very valued possession. And you saw that last week. He had, a, I think it was a 62-yard yeah, touchdown that play. Yeah, was and, incredible. And, and so that he, brings, he brings a dynamic that I really am anxious to see, kind of what this youthful cornerback room looks at. Because, you know, Chase Claypool, in a way, kind of gives me a little bit of, uh, you know, a bit of Michael Pittman vibes in, you know, kind of his style of play. So they, they kind of get a look of that, but DJ Moore is definitely going to be something that's going to give him a different look and I'm anxious to see how the young guys and I mean, of course Kenny because you know how Kenny is. You want to see him go up against the best because he's done it time in and time out and I want to see him do it again, but I'm, I'm anxious to see how the young guys do against that Bears receiver group. Yeah, we'll see what transpires in those joint practices and then we'll see what Shane Steichen's plan is for playing guys on Saturday. I don't yeah. think you're going to get anything on that until probably after Thursday's practice, if anything at all. Um, we'll see. You know, some some guys don't want to play their starters in the preseason after joint practices. Some guys do. We don't really have a feel for what Shane Steichen's going to do. This is the first rodeo for him. So we will find out, and we will have all that news on Colts Training Camp Daily Updates this week. I'll be joining Matt Taylor on Wednesday and Thursday. We are also going to be joined by Zaire Franklin and Isaiah McKenzie on those days, so keep an eye out in your podcast feed for those. Wednesday morning Inside Football with Rick Venturi is back. Coach is going to recap the good and bad from Buffalo and what he wants to see the Colts get out of these joint practices. Also on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan, Colts Daily Update starting at 6 p.m. Both of those days on Friday, Colts Happy Hour with JMV. That'll recap Colts Camp with interviews with Shane Steichen and Colts players. That is also at 6 p.m. on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And then Sunday morning, I'll be joined by Bill Brooks for another episode of Colts Instant Reaction. We'll be breaking down the Colts and Bears preseason game. I'm going to tape that one. Let's see. Ticks at 7. No, I'm not. So. T- that, that's a 9 a.m. Sunday morning <laughs> taping. That is not making sure you're not doing it at 2, you know? No, no. That... <laughs> Not for a preseason Regular game. season form, Reg- you will. Playoff, maybe. <laughs> okay. Playoff game, maybe. Preseason, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Anyways, that's going to do it for us here on the official Colts podcast presented by WinBet. For Lara Overton and Casey Vallier, I'm JJ Stankovitz. Thanks so much for listening to us here. We'll talk to you right here next week.